All right, thank you for listening to this podcast. This episode of Literally is sponsored by Lexicon and Line. Case, tell us a little something about Lexicon and Line. Uh, Lexicon and Line it does three things. They, they are communications consultants. They teach professional business writing and speaking courses, and they are research and data evaluation experts. And you can find everything about Lexicon Online at lexicononline.com. Please give them a visit. And thank you so much for sponsoring this podcast, Lexicon Online. This is Case Johnston. This is the Literally Podcast. Uh, we're talking with Sharon Harrigan today about her her debut novel, Half, um, in Banyan One at, at the Monarch in, in Ogden, Utah, uh, where right down the road we have a, a wonderful corner full, filled with Black Lives Matters uh, protests going on, peacefully yelling, screaming, having a, having a voice in the community, and Ogden has just been really, really um, wonderful in, in, in that way. Um, so today we're talking about talking with Sharon Harrigan. Our uh, the first time we've done a second author. I mean, we've done Sean Davis, but uh, we, yeah, does he count? Sean doesn't count because we weren't talking <laughs> about books. Uh, we just were talking about like life, Bigfoot, Bigfoot, and stuff. Yeah, um, but this is the second time we've had an author come on uh, for the second time, and we're excited that it's Sharon. Um, with and I'll, in a little bit of background too is with Sharon's last podcast, I. I uh, use that podcast in all of my classes. I for Southern New Hampshire for the graduate program, for creative nonfiction, um, for the advanced memoir program. I use Sharon's uh, last podcast as as instruction, and and students really really love it uh, because of what we were able to do there. So no pressure this time, Sharon. We uh, I I don't teach a novel class, so there's no way I can do it. Yeah, I'm honored to to be the the author who comes two times. That's I'm really. Thank you so much for having me. We're so glad to have you back. Um, so first off, uh, today's actually, it's it's June 9th. It is the, is it's half the title of the novel. Um, it, it's, it's, it's book, it's book birthday. So it's, it's the official publishing day. How does it feel to have the book come out today? I mean, it's, uh, it's got, it's, it's exciting. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Um, but at the same time, as we were talking just briefly, with it, with COVID and with with the Black Lives Matters movement and with our country and uh, unrest, you and other authors have, I know, worried about having a book birthday um, during this time. Yeah, it, it it feels kind of miraculous, frankly, that it has happened at all. So I'm really grateful. Uh, there have been so many obstacles for all of us who have been trying to publish um, during the pandemic, and then. But even those seemed like they were manageable. Those were like logistical problems, mm-hmm. um, you know, logistical problems like not knowing if the warehouse was going to be open because of a lot of uh, a quarantine and whether the printer would be allowed to send the books to the warehouse, those kind of problems. But then what happened with the murder of George Floyd it was beyond logistical problems. It was like it was a spiritual, moral mm-hmm. crisis. Um, and I think we were all feeling grief and anger. And we were all, you know, I've been to some protests, as you said, there are protests going on right now where you are. And it just seemed like that was eclipsing everything else. Just, I think our, our uh, you know, our, our mood was, was really um, not celebratory yeah. and so that is as, as 
recently as last week, a week ago, I was wondering if I was really going to announce that my book was launching this week. Would it be appropriate? Would it be respectful? Would it be the right thing to do? Um, and so kind of at the last minute, I decided uh, that after this weekend and seeing some change happening, seeing, I mean, we're in Virginia, the, uh, the Robert E. Lee statue in Richmond is going to come down, I think, tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And all there, and you know, there's there's systemic change that seems like it's going to be happening in police reform. And and so it, I don't know. The mood seems to be um, one of more of hope. And so it feels like um, like it's like it's okay to to uh, kind of to add my you know my art to this to add it all to the mix. You know, I, I don't know. There is no right or wrong thing to do. And I know some authors are choosing to not to postpone, but it, it felt like I could, um, I don't know, be part of the conversation. And so I decided to, uh, to send an email and, and to, to post about my book launch today. And, um, but it's, it was, it's still, you know, it's a very fraught time to be alive. And, um, uh, and so, yes, it's, it's, it's a very emotional, um, kind of bittersweet moment. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think, um, when I, cause I think the last time we talked was probably a week ago and you, you were still really, really hesitant, um, about what to do today. And I, when I saw your posts on Facebook and then with the email today, um, I was really happy, you know, I feel mm -hmm. like in the same way that, you know, after this weekend with the police not only with the with the one police officer being arrested but the fellow the three other officers being arrested i feel like that shows that there you know we are i i hope that we're on a on a, an upward swing of 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 looking at these really really um really really hard um difficult times that have happened and um, I was happy to see that your book that you that you said it's out there, you know. And I think, I think we need, I think we need the arts. Um, I, but I think you're absolutely right. I think a week ago would have been different. I really do. I think a week ago would have been, uh, it would have been different. But today, um, it feel it felt it felt good to really see your email come out and to see that the book was out and and to see people to 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 rally and say yeah this is this is a good thing that 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 people are writing and they're sharing and and their books are coming out and um so i was really just happy to see it and i'm 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 uh, here's my here's my little teeny corona bottle um <laughs> i'll toast you yeah here's um <laughs> let's let's talk about the book some um you know i mean um we can talk about writing later i mean for sure especially during this time with corona and with uh, with corona with corona or with covid and uh, and with with the unrest but um let's talk about the book cuz i um i i absolutely loved it i i felt like um and i i made a note directly and so firstly it's the title of the book is half and it's from the university of wisconsin press and it's a beautiful cover nobody can really see this but you can right you've seen this and um brandon will take photos of it of course uh but it's a it's a it's a beautiful book and um and i didn't know you know it's a book about twins it's about two two tw very very close twins in this kind of magic um, between them or what happens between these two, two bodies that feel as one, um, throughout the entire book. Well, almost throughout the entire book. 
and how this kind of shared, almost shared consciousness between the two of them um, as they grow up and as they uh, deal with a father who is who is is obviously like the son in their universe, but at the same time he burns them um, in so many ways, just like the oh, son. I, would love, do that. I love how you yeah. put that. <laughs> I mean, he does. He he shines so bright, but they don't want that. Um, and so this is a book about the growth of these two young woman, women, and then the death of their father. And um, throughout the book, and I'm going to give a little bit of a, a spoiler for you, but throughout the book, they say, we killed our dad. And this is from the very beginning. And so the, the reader is intrigued from the very beginning to find out how. Um, and um, Sharon, can, Sharon can open up about all of that, what she wants to. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the journey. This, this book started, the, book, the journey of this book started in 2012, right? Well, the, the novel grew out of a story. So mm-hmm. the story, um, yeah, I actually wrote the story at the final semester of my MFA. And um, I read it in my MFA thesis reading. So that was in 2012. Um, and then the story was published uh in 2013 and after that i i wrote a memoir and published a memoir but um but then i just i i was still intrigued by this story and decided to try to grow it into a novel um so yeah it's it's been it's been with me for a long time and it's evolved um in a lot of ways but the, the thing that it started with was the wee voice that's like they it really wouldn't have existed at all without this idea of two people who exist as one and that 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 kind of fed everything else like how could how how can that happen and what does it mean Mm -hmm. because it's unsustainable right you know it's it's going to break how is it going to break how are they going to actually stop repressing their differences because they're not actually as you find out spoiler the end yeah exactly the same right um and i know when my daughter my teenage daughter read it people have had different responses to that rupture mm-hmm. um and her response was like oh it felt like a relief finally they didn't have uh, to like pretend to be so different like right. to be the same they could finally like be themselves and like her response as a teenager was kind of like yeah like teenagers are so um uh, under so much pressure to conform and be the same. And then like when you can finally be yourself, what a relief. Yeah. So that's like what it felt like for her. It felt, so it didn't feel like this tragic thing. It felt like, phew, happy ending. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was subtle too. It was a subtle chapter and I, 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 it's in the book, but I noted it because all of a sudden, and it wasn't this huge kind of um, fault line that happened between them. All of a sudden within a later chapter in the book, we get names. All of us yeah. after after three fourths of the book, we get it's always we, it's always we. It's that uh, plural uh, uh, first person pronoun of we throughout the book, and then all of a sudden we get a name. And I and I noticed it, but you know, all of a sudden I was like, what? What? what, what these are names. What, what these? And then I had to like put it together. I thought, okay. And the next next chapter switched, and it was shared points of views basically from there on out every other chapter but it wasn't this huge rift it wasn't this break in the cosmos part of the book it was this subtle moment it happens gradually right yeah. it was all of a sudden these are finally they're using their own names and um they're becoming different people and mm-hmm. it was I, I and then the rest of the book we see a lot more 
of these two very different personalities um, that have shifted away from each other um, from their early 20s to their late 20s, and they've become these different people. And then all of a sudden, by the time you get to, I'm spoiler alert, I'm sorry, everybody, but you should read the book. By the time you get to the end of the book, there are these two very distinct voices um, that if you go back, you can see those voices within the we, uh, within the dialogue, but they're just speaking almost together. That's the way I felt. And I thought it was, I, I, I really loved how it was, it was subtle. It was, we've moved away from each other and then there's a name. It wasn't this opening of saying, oh, now we're different people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hoped that it would, um, that the narrate the, the collective narrate the narrator would kind of disappear before your eyes but then all of a sudden you'd have different narrators mm-hmm. and and you'd continue on the journey with them yeah. um yeah i mean it, it sounds like when i talk about it like a very conceptual thing like a sure. very kind of intellectual thing but but it, but it also to me it felt as i was writing it a very like a very emotional thing mm-hmm. too yeah i can see i can i can see that and um i you know, getting towards the end of it, um, like I said, those voices kind of really came to the forefront separately. But then also, and this was what got me towards the the last four or five chapters. What sucked me in was the mom's voice. All of a sudden, it was just this this voice that was had been seen as kind of uh, weak throughout the entire book and then the last few chapters her voice was really really strong at the same time it kind of served as this almost debunking of all of these things that the, that the young women believed about their father throughout and I mean it felt like obviously that she was rationalizing and that she felt like okay well she's just kind of you know, she lived, she had to live her life and she had to deal with all of these things herself. And so she was able to, you know, you know what I mean? Soften it, um, and defend him, um, and the father in the book. And so, um, I, am I giving too much away? No, not yet, but be oh. careful that you might. Okay. I, well, no, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't go yeah, there. There, there. There's a whole murder mystery. Don't give away. Right. No, I won't yes, do that. Um, but, that. but the, throughout the book, the girls have said we killed our dad, um, just in, you know, in parallel to, he said he killed his own father. Um, and so, which brings me to the one question I had is this book to me, you know, I mean, it's titled half, but I mean, there's so much shame in this book i felt like you know there's a a large theme in this book is i felt like uh just just the theme of 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 feeling shame for for a life that that you lived is that is that something that like you said was conceptual or something that like you said was emotional yeah i guess um what interested me was like this this moment in the end when they come together as adults at the funeral and they talk about things that they never talked about before. But as small children, because the book opens when they're five years old, mm-hmm. they had these experiences that were so vivid to them and they kind of started to believe things that, you know, they continued to believe even as they got old enough to like actually be have more subtle kind of experience of the world. They still had this these um, these visceral reactions to, to things they experienced when they were young and they didn't question them. And so, um, yeah, so there's so much that's unspoken and, and a lot of that is shame 
right? And they don't speak about it because of the shame. Um, so it kind of, you know, it, it's a it's a, an organic moment, I think, at a funeral. It often does happen mm -hmm. that, that people talk about things that they don't normally talk about, and they review someone's life, and they review their own life, and, and they, re they review what they wish they had said to the person who died. And so to me, it did seem like a, 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 something that really does happen to people, mm -hmm. um, and you realize it's kind of too late now to talk to the person who's died. Yeah. And, and there's this reckoning that happens um, and I've, you know, I've, um, it hasn't happened to me that way, but I've, I've known people who've had that experience. I think it can be very powerful. Yeah. I was kind of trying to show, yeah, that, that we make these assumptions often and we don't question them. And sometimes we make these assumptions when we're small children <laughs> and we, we carry them through our adulthood. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's really, I think at the end, I'm hoping that there, there's a lot of surprise for the reader, but there's a lot of surprise for the characters too, as they actually realize that things were not as they thought they were. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I'm thinking about it and, and going back to the mom, she kind of deflects or combats all of those things that they believed throughout their lives uh, towards the end. Like everything they say, well, she says, she says, well, that's not absolutely true. Well, that's not yeah. the way it was. And so, and I is um, coming from writing your memoir before this. Do you think that that having been, you know, being a memoirist, do you think that that kind of um, looking at how it is to be a memoir, memoirist in the way that everybody sees something differently and uh, it always surprises you later that they saw it completely differently played into the writing of that those last five or six chapters? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I think the book that inspired me to write this book was We the Animals by Justin Torres. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading it's in the wee voice and it's short and lyrical. But one of the things that really struck me was that he kind of melds these three genres. It feels like fiction, and it feels like poetry, and it feels like memoir. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it is memoir, but it, it has that intimacy, right? right? And I read that and thought, like, oh, those are my genres. Like, yeah. I, I, I love, like, the melding of those three things. Right. And, um, and I wanted to kind of do that, too. And so using this... Um, you know, the sort of retrospective voice that you use in memoir and kind of mm -hmm. putting that in fiction. And in my memoir, you know, I was talking to people about my dad who was, who, you know, who is no longer alive. And, and there was this reckoning that was going on too. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely, I feel like it's so fluid, the whole, yeah. for me, at least the jumps between, uh, between different genres. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do too. And I think, but having read a lot of fiction and memoirs, I think you can kind of see the blending of that nonfiction voice in fiction when when it happens. You know, I think a lot of times with fiction, you don't get that retrospective writer at the desk reflection um, like you do in this book. Um, mm -hmm. You know, because they are really looking back at their lives throughout. Because we start at the funeral pretty early on in the book. We, we, we you know, I mean, we recognize on page one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so it's like, and so it is a memoir shape in that sense. It's a that, memoir shape, exactly. Yeah. And That's I, true. I think you can see that, um, which I love books like that. But of course, you know, I love I love reading nonfiction. Um, 
but yeah, it's, it was, it was an easy read and it, it, an easy read for me, as you know, means that I get through it really quickly and that I just, I enjoy it. I enjoy the heck out of it. I love the characters. Um, well, the, the, the best thing that people say to me that I love is when they say like they read it fast. Yeah. Like it was a fast read. I right. take that as a compliment. It's a huge compliment, especially for me, who's a, sh I, I take forever to read anything. Uh, me too. You know, I really, really do. And I, I don't know what it is. I'm a very slow reader. But if I can read a book like yours very quickly, and even though I took a two-month break because of moving and it got lost in a box, when I was reading it, it went really, really quickly. Um, but I have an, I, 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 this is something, too, and this is probably, I'm guessing that your daughter helped you with this, but it scares me to death to write a novel now in the present time with social media we, that includes social media, that includes cell phones, that includes all of these things. Um, I, 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 I don't know if I ever will because it scares me to death. I, how was that? Was, is that something that you embraced or is that something that because you had an expert like your daughter to help you with that you were willing to jump into? Yeah. Well, I so much wanted to write about contemporary youth culture. Mm hmm that I set my the frame 10 years in the future to be able to do that because I have these um, these adults looking back and I wanted them to be like in college now. Mm -hmm. So that was a bit of a logistical problem. And so I thought, well, I'll just have them, them be adults 10 years from now and then they can be in college now. Um, and I think I was really, um, you know, my daughter's a writer too. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so we talk books a lot and, I just, I kind of wanted to write about these issues that she was talking about all the time. I wanted to write about, um, you know, what she's experiencing as it being a young and female and feeling the power and terror of that, of being, you know, objectified, but also just also everything being so vivid and, um, and YouTube and just like the, the, uh, way that things get broadcast so easily mm -hmm. and, and they can go viral so easily um so yeah it, it's tricky and i you know i did ask her to read things i would say like is this did i get it right and she'd tell me if i did or didn't and i right. make changes i'm still you know she she i was still nervous like for her to read the last latest version but um i, I uh you know, and things are changing every day. Like yeah. you get it right today, next week it's going to be wrong. <laughs> right, right. Like you didn't have TikTok in there, and TikTok oh, is, you know, I mean, it's like not only that, I don't have the <laughs> pandemic in there, right? So. Right, right. Yeah, um, yeah. It's I, I'm scared to death of writing about any characters that where social media and cell phones exist, where because yeah. I think around every corner I would wonder, well, why didn't they just text somebody? You know, um, but within your book, you embraced it and there were texts and there was and there was Facebook and there was YouTube and there was these things that these young women had to deal with that shaped their lives. You know, things on social media, especially YouTube, shaped their teenage lives and who who they were as an adult and how their father dealt with their social media, YouTube life and what he thought of that and how he was able to, well, eventually help them in a way, I don't know if they eventually, they, they wanted it, but he did what he did. Um, and you embraced it. And I, I mean, I mean, it's good. To, like my son's only nine, so there's no way he could correct me. Uh, but yeah. it's, I'm guessing it's really, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. He, that's yeah, true. I bet he could. <laughs> that's true. Um, but 
you know, it was embraced and I'm, I thought that was, that was, it was done well, you know? Yeah. Thank you. It's funny. I, I wrote this, uh, an essay for Lit Hub that's coming out in a few days about the first person plural voice. And so I, it's a reading list of 10 books that use it. And one of them is this great book by Sarah Bannon called Weightless. It was, came out about five years ago in which the we voice is the high school girl, the girls in a high school who wow. all know this girl who ends up killing herself. But anyway, I was reviewing it to write this essay and they're all communicating on Facebook. And what's funny is like maybe five years ago, like teenagers did now, like Facebook is for old people. It is, yeah. <laughs> so it's out of date. Right. <laughs> it would be Instagram. Um, but, you know, it's still a good book. Right. Right. And, and you and you can't. Yeah, you can't worry about that either. You know, I mean, like because you can't you can't imagine what's going to be next unless you really imagine. Like if you're unless you're like a yeah. sci fi author and you can really imagine what is going to be the next big thing that changes it all, changes all of this stuff, um, because you're able to get it wrong if you go big. You know, yeah. I mean, if you're able to say, well, we're able to just talk to each other via you know, thoughts, then you're like, well, oh, that's what I did in my book. They read each other's minds. Well, right. But I mean, that was magical. That was, that was like shared consciousness of human beings because twins have said that, right? Twins, twins have said that they, they feel this kind of shared consciousness. Um, but I mean, when it comes to technology, there's no way you could predict anything. Nobody could predict TikTok or that I watch TikTok. I'm addicted to TikTok. I mean, I like, you know, I, 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 I never thought I would be. And it was the pandemic and I got on there. And then all of a sudden I'm like, my phone's telling me I spent 22 hours on TikTok today. And I'm like, well, I could have, I could have been writing. Um, writing the next the, TikTok novel. Writing the next TikTok novel. Probably no. the best thing I've ever heard. Oh, I'm You're addicted, addicted to TikTok. But you know how quickly it how quickly it knows your preferences. So you know it's a lot of like yeah, a lot of it is like dancing young women and young men, like. But all of a sudden now I only get is political feeds. The only thing I get on my TikTok now is is like political feeds, updates on coronavirus. Uh, you know, I mean that's it's smart with the, just a couple likes. All of a sudden. It knows exactly who I am. Anyways, that's off topic. Um, so with this, with with half, what part of it was the actual short story? What was the impetus of? Yeah. So the ending and the beginning are pretty much the same. Oh, okay. It's the middle. It's the middle that changed. Like the you know two hundred seventy five pages. Right. Right. <laughs> so it was. It was basically a, the full narrative arc, minus kind of all of the. Like yeah, the short, the short story is the scene when they're five and then the scene at the funeral when the voice breaks into two eyes. Mm -hmm. And then there's a middle part, which is sort of just this summary about their adult, their adolescence. Mm -hmm. but, so I took that summary with, in, about their adolescence, which in the story is like three pages, and I, I multiplied it by 100. Was that, <laughs> was, that, was that difficult or did you find that pretty easy? Yeah, that was really hard. I don't advise it. Really? <laughs> Yeah. Um, middles are hard. Middles are hard. Um, what part do you think was the, the biggest struggle? I mean, for the, for the middle part, was it? Well, so um, the structure, I'm not sure if it's apparent. I mean, it probably shouldn't, doesn't need to be apparent. The structure is that each chapter is one year in the, in the girls' lives. Mm -hmm. So it starts out one, the first chapter, they're five, the second chapter, they're six, et cetera. And um, so I was kind of moving along and that worked for me. And that's, uh, and then I got to the end of it, and it, it, was, it was kind of too episodic. Mm -hmm. So I had to come up with a backbone to connect them all. Uh, and so they're all like moving towards one common end of story. Um, so I think that was 
that was the hardest part for me is to um to to move it from it still is episodic but the episodes all build towards this i think you know um really hopefully cohesive um ending was that something that you like was that something that came after the first draft oh yeah that came after like the fourth draft what did you what what did you do to what did you do to um make that kind of craft change or feeling or tone or plot yeah well well i i took a workshop at the vqr summer conference Mm -hmm. sponsored by the virginia quarterly review and i i took a workshop with brett anthony johnson and um and he really kind of helped me puzzle it out he he helped me figure because I was thinking like, oh, well, it is episodic. How do I have to like completely start over? And he said, no, you just have to give it a backbone. Mm-hmm. And so that really was a game changer for me. Like you can actually have it be these, you know, here's age five, here's age six, mm-hmm. here's age seven, but it and then you can kind of insert a through line, kind of overlay, superseded over that. Sure. And and so now I know. Yeah. But now it seems apparent, but um, it was it, it was something I struggled with. Were these large insertions, or were they just like every chapter you could put a line in that kind of tied it to the next one, or were there, or were there some chapters that were inserted in between the episodes? Yeah. Well, I have these sort of interstitial chapters, which is mm-hmm. the the frame is that there are these 30 thirty year old twins. They're at the funeral and they're looking back. Right. And so I inserted, and that's a prologue. And then it's, I have these, I insert these very short, like one page mm-hmm. chapters, like every couple chapters and they, and I show them as adults trying to, to analyzing what they just reviewed together, which is their childhood. Um, and so that was, that's what I, that was the backbone that I added on later. Yeah. Yeah. And that, the, 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 the retrospective voice, that's what I added. Right. And so that, I mean, so for people young, young, I always say young, and I never should say young, budding writers, um, if they get this this kind of review that says it just feels episodic, uh, I think we, I think the lesson here is that you can go back and you can shift tone and you can shift theme and you can shift plot to tie everything together. Yeah, absolutely, and and uh, yeah, you don't you don't have to start from scratch. You can just build on what you have. Um, I think it's great. I think I need that lesson, you know, I mean, because uh, novels are hard. No- novels are hard. I-, I think memoirs are harder, but I think novels are hard. But you know me, uh, you know, I have that bias. Um, but oh, I've, memoirs are harder, they for are. sure. And I, well, I've written both, you know, I've written both. And um, and it seems with novels, I, when I jump in, I always, I almost always enjoy writing. Um, with memoirs, it's not always that same way. It's It seems like it can be a gut-wrenching, life-changing, emotional journey into who I am as a person. Um, and, and novels, they don't, all, they don't necessarily uh, put writers through that same type of experience. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Totally yeah. And I think it's, I think it's good that we're memoirists first because we got, you know, we, we kind of beat the crap out of ourselves and then we can go and write novels and enjoy it, you know? Um, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we've gone through the hard stuff. Um, so with this book, um, this is my last question. Um, and you can share anything you want, um, after that, obviously, um, with this book, 
when it came to overall, like, well, you 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 noted that you knew the end and you you knew the beginning. When it when it came to overall plotting, what was your kind? What was your technique, or what was your kind of goal, or was this more of I know the end and I know the beginning. Now I'm going to flesh out these characters so they become more rich. Yeah, I um, well, what I wanted, so I put in this retrospective, I added this frame, right? The retrospective voice, the Mm -hmm. girls as adults looking back. And then what I wanted them as they're looking back to not just find what the reader would expect or what they would expect. I wanted them to have revelations, Mm -hmm. epiphanies, surprises. And so then I had to kind of really dig deep to figure out what those epiphanies, what those surprises might be. Mm -hmm. And so that, I guess that's how I figured out the plot is like, so what are they going to find and what is it going to mean? And how is this going to be different than what they thought it would be? Mm-hmm. And how is this going to change them? And are they going to both agree about this? Are they going to have the same epiphany? If it's, if not, how is that going to affect their relationship? Right. Um, and so. Which all comes to an end in the last, like. Yeah. All those, all those, all those questions get answered within the last five. So, and you know, that's, that was kind of my my approach in my memoir was when people say, how did you know when you were done? I would say, well, I had these questions mm-hmm. at the beginning and I knew I was done when I got the questions answered. Mm-hmm. So maybe the novel is in a similar kind of you know, way to, I had these questions like, how are they going to find these things out and, and what surprises are going to be uncovered and how are they going to deal with those? Right. So yeah, it's making it sound like more and more like it's, I use the same technique with my memoirs with my novel. It's just funny. Well, I think it's great. Um, and the thing is too is, and then and I keep going back I in my brain when I finished the book, I kept going back to the mom and they, so they have these expectations, they have these beliefs that they have created throughout their lives that they've stuck to together. And then I think that the mom does a really good job of kind of, well, just like in memoir, being the voice of you guys don't really know what you're talking about or, deflecting or saying you don't know everything. Um, and that in the end kind of, in my mind, blows up all of these kind of, these kind of myths that they've created throughout their lives. And even if as the reader, we can see the mom, what the mom is actually doing for herself to protect herself, that she does give all of the, the sliver of, doubt that kind of leads us through the last part of the book where we kind of say what is real and it's and that's a good thing yeah i really do hope that people readers read this and it makes and it makes them think about their own lives mm-hmm. like wow what myths have i carried through what beliefs have i carried throughout my life what assumptions what and what like feelings of superiority that i know more than somebody else sure. um and 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 what these things that I'm doing of, of like, you know, making these decisions about not speaking to so-and-so or not doing this or holding the high ground, like at what cost is that going to be? Yeah. And it, and is it worth it? And are you going to have regrets? Are you going to be, have shame, which it goes yeah, back yeah, to, I, I mean, yeah, where, yeah. where does your, where does, where does your driving shame in life come from? Right. You know, and, um, 
I think as memoirists, we have to answer that question. Uh, with, but with, I think the novel does a really good job of, of really good job of answering that for the protagonists, um, at the end. And then you, you, you leave the book and you think, I don't know, it felt so real and authentic to like what you said when a life ends and how everybody has to deal with it differently. Um, yeah. And maybe, maybe readers will think, oh, maybe I'll ask these questions now while this person's still alive yeah, instead of until it's too late right which is so hard i mean this and but that's one of the things but it's a key it's a key common part of our humanity that we we don't you know yeah. we don't ask we live our daily lives thinking that someday either it'll disappear from our consciousness or we won't ask and everything will be just fine so i mean i, I mean this book really touches on that kind of part of our humanity that says you, we, we always have enough time you know and we really don't um and it's it's great that way um so i'm gonna uh, let you anything you else you want to say about the book um because brandon's already given me the five minutes because we've we've been like i said that the, the casts are the best when they're wrapped up we we're, we're learning we're, we're learning um anything uh, that you want to share about the book, about the pub date, about today, about um, the journey of the book, or um, anything for any readers that that want should pick it up. You, I don't know. You, you, you read it in a very deep way, and I really appreciate that. Um, and uh, and it's and I, I I I like that you're having an emotional response to it because it, sometimes when I talk about it and I say, oh, it was this technical puzzle of I had to use this this perspective and you know it's like writing a sestina and it feels very cold cold you know like these technical restrictions but you make it sound very warm which is what i hoped um it would be um so you know it's it's thrilling to have now that it's out in the world to have people reading it and responding to it like this you know real thing that's that is out in the world so that's you know what that's like it's in your head for so long and mm -hmm. and now it's not just in my head so it's it's been really um also i've been uh happy that people have been responding to it that it's um been easy to read and i just love to hear that because it, it is uh i think it does something that no other book i have seen has ever tried to do mm -hmm. I, there are a lot of other we voice books but this one tries to convince readers that two people could speak in one voice mm -hmm. So I was afraid as I was writing it, people were going to think, oh, this is so weird. I haven't seen anything like this before. I don't understand it. But that's not the reception I've been getting so yeah. far. Mm -hmm. I've been getting like it was a fast read. Like, yeah. you know, so that that really is gratifying. And the reviews have said that. The reviews have said, I read, yeah. I read about four, three or four reviews today, probably. And they yeah. all said that the voice was authentic and that it wasn't distracting. And it was, that's what you want. That's great. I mean, if we yeah, do so this thing that most people don't do, it just flowed. Yeah, so I'm I'm really pleased. I'm I'm just I'm really happy that people are reading it, and it's I'm glad it's in the world. You know, despite all the possible obstacles that have been put in its way with viruses and you know recessions and yeah. everything, everything. What's going to happen tomorrow? <laughs> I know, I know. Um, yeah, the 2020 memes are really really funny, but they're also yeah. very very they're funny because they're very very true. Um, yeah. um, 
but uh, thank you so much for talking to us again. Our first second guest. Uh, I'm so on the podcast. honored. No, it's, Thank you so oh, much. Well, your first podcast just has done so much for me. I don't some some classes. I don't need even even need to do a lesson plan. I just put the podcast <laughs> on, and you know, I mean, you've made my life easier. So that's a good thing. Um, but thank you so much, uh, Sharon. Again, and the book is Half from the University of Wisconsin Press. Uh, you can. Um, what's the best way to get it right now? That's a really good question. Yeah, there are so many delays because of. Um, is it COVID-19? Um, uh, if you go to my website, I have so, uh, I have buy links, um, www.sharonharrigan.net. Um, there's, if you can't get it through a um, independent bookstore because there's some problems yeah, with it's, delivery, yeah. you, can, you, can, you can always order it through the um, through University of Wisconsin Press and I have links for that too. Okay, great. That's perfect. All right. Well, thank you again. This is Case Johnson. This is a Literally Podcast. Today, we were talking with uh, Sharon Harrigan the, about her debut novel, Half, from the University of Wisconsin Press. Um, and thanks again for talking to us. Thank you, Case. Bye. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.